Welcome to Aggie Fly Talk, where we sit down with the officers of the Texas A&M Fly Fishing Club and talk fly fishing, conservation, community outreach, and listen to the stories our guests have to share. We hope you enjoy the show, and please remember to subscribe and donate to the club. Welcome back to Aggie Fly Talk. I'm Joseph Lopez, um, president of the club, and today I have the pleasure of uh, sitting uh, with our social media chair, Kellen. Is it Piat or Pete? Kellen Pete. Pete. Okay. Yep. Kellen, welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thanks, Joseph. I appreciate you having me on. It's been yeah. a. I've been looking forward to this for a while now. Yeah, it's it's been quite a while, and uh, we took a long break, of course, because of summer and and everything we had going on. Um, but before we get into the podcast today, uh, into the to the good stuff, um, let's let's talk about you, man, and how you got into fly fishing and kind of what your role is and what you expect out of the club. Yeah, for sure. So I guess to start, I was born in Colorado. However, I moved to Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, when I was one years old. And I spent eight years in Georgia. So I moved back to Colorado after those eight years. And ever since I was about 10 or 11 years old, I started fishing quite a bit with my dad. And growing up um, in Georgia, to begin with, we would do a ton of just bobber fishing, Mm -hmm. no fly fishing at all, Um, just kind of throwing out a worm, going for some catfish and bass, whatever would eat it, right? Right. And then moving to Colorado, it was really eye-opening, I guess you could say, just because you have so many um, different opportunities in terms of trout fishing and fly fishing in general. So one of my dad's best friends, he was an avid fly fisherman, and he was like, hey, how about you guys come out, join me on the river, and I'll basically teach you how to fly fish. And ever since then, when I was about 10 years old, first time out on the river with a fly rod, um, I never looked back. So Yeah, that's awesome. Can you remember your first, like, uh, I guess, fish with the fly rod? Can you remember that? or? Oh, it- yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this guy that took us out fly fishing for the first time, he was a, I guess what you call now a fly fishing purist. So yeah. <laughs> dry flies only, didn't know a lick about nymphing or streamer fishing. It was strictly dry flies. So, of course, we were throwing dry flies in some very slow meandering meadow in Colorado. And I just saw this nice, probably 13 or 14 inch brown trout come up and just slurp my dry wow. right down. And ever since then, man, it's I've been hooked. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And so your first fish on the fly was a trout. It's, you know, talking to the officers and how they got started into fly fishing. It's so different. Um, for me, my first fish was a trout, uh, like you, but to the other officers, I mean, we have like bass as their first, as their first catch. Um, I mean, it it varies a lot uh, just because where they've been and, and where they come from. That's cool, man. Um, and so it you just started fly fishing after that. Um, did you fly fish with alone at first with friends or just um, as far as like getting into it with your buddies and stuff like that? Yeah. So growing up all through like elementary school and middle school, I would fly sh- fly fish with my dad. My mm-hmm. dad only. That was it. Yeah. Um, no one else at that age that I knew of was really into fly fishing and 
Um, none of my dad's friends were into fly fishing either. So it was just us two growing up. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up going to high school and I played baseball in high school there. And I met my best friend today, um, Luke Bailey. And through that friendship, the very first time we hung out, we actually went ice fishing because it was in the winter. But that turned into a very special friendship, um, basically based off of fishing. First time yeah. we hung out, we were fishing. And off of that, I invited him to f- go fly fishing. And um, he got hooked eventually. And ever since then, we go on trips every summer now that we're more busy than we were in high school. Yeah. But I mean, growing up in high school, um, my mom's probably going to hate me for saying this if she <laughs> listens to this podcast. <laughs> But we would call each other out of school in high school some days, <laughs> and we would go drive up to the mountains and fly fish up there. So, uh, I mean, we could have been doing a lot worse things yeah. at that age, but we were in the mountains fly fishing. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And I, you know, some people may may think differently, but getting somebody else into fly fishing, man, is a whole another joy, a whole another feeling. Uh, when you know, as opposed to you know, you getting yourself into it. Um, that's, that's cool, man. Um, I kind of experienced it the same way, except, you know, I was the friend who, who, you know, got taught fly fishing. Um, it was in Colorado, uh, of course, but yeah, man, I just, after, you know, catching a trout on the fly, I don't know about you, but it was like, what's next? Like, what can I fool next on the fly? Um, the fact that you can put feathers together on a hook and go catch a fish is just mind blowing still to me. Um, and many people may not under ever understand that, but, uh, it's just a different feeling when you can catch them on the fly. It's pretty incredible. It's yeah. extremely rewarding, especially yeah. like getting into tying and then targeting different species and different types of water, man. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. so rewarding. And so, um, what part of Colorado did you, did you grow up in? So I grew up in Parker, Colorado. It's okay. about 20 minutes South of Denver. Okay. And I guess the, the closest water to me or river was the South Platte River. Mm-hmm. Um, some of you might know the Deckers area, Deckers, Colorado. It's a gold medal trout fishery there. And that was about 40 minutes away from us. And we would be there two or three times a week in high school. Yeah. And then in the summers, especially. It's a very, very special place to me. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome, man. And did you, I know I've been in that area quite a bit. Did you fish a lot of the ponds and, and lakes around there for, I know they have some bass scattered and carp, but did you, did you target that at all? Or you were just strictly on deck or South Platte? I was strictly <laughs> on the trout, man. Yeah. There was, I, once I kept on catching trout again and again, I was like, ah, there's no, it's yeah. just, there's not a feeling like it. Exactly, um, man. So I never had a reason to, to, target bass or carp or anything like that but um then i went up to north dakota to do my undergrad there okay i played baseball up there did my undergrad didn't bring my fly rod and looking back at it i really regret it um (laughs) because now i was like "Eh, i don't know if i want to fly fish there's no trout up in north dakota and then i came down to texas last year and i was like well i'm bringing my fly rod here we're gonna test out some new stuff um, and now I kind of see some of the beauty in fly fishing for bass and panfish and carp yeah. and all those yeah. other species. It's, it's awesome though. Cause I, what I feel, and you may feel the same way, but when you're fishing for trout, you can learn so much, uh, techniques and, and practices that you can take along to bass, to gar, to sunfish. I mean, um, 
it, it I mean, it goes along with, with everything pretty much. I think if you encompass all of what trout fishing is, you can you can kind of take that, apply that to somewhere else. But no, man, I love Deckers. Uh, <laughs> my my buddy and I, you know, he he's the first one that brought me there. But I distinctly remember this place on the corner. And they don't really have much there. Deckers is a four-way, you know, it's kind of like a four-way stop yep, yep. or whatever. But there's this little place. It's an ice cream shop and like a burger place. I swear, man, they have some of the best green chili. Like, I didn't even get a burger or ice cream. I got green chili out of all things. And right after that, man, we were on the river, and I, that's why I remember it is because it hurt my stomach like heck, but it was so good. Um, yeah, and I just remember going there a couple of times, going to Cheeseman. That was awesome. Um, uh, the Big Thompson. So oh, yeah. Colorado is a special place, man. It, it really is. is. Um, that's cool, man. So – Let's let's talk about our summers a bit. You know, we were we were kind of in pretty cool places, both of us. Um, I know that at, at the tail end of your summer, you went up to Wyoming as I was leaving, so yeah, that was yeah. kind of a um, little unfortunate. But but yeah, man, uh, what was your summer like? Did so you enjoy it? yeah, I had a great summer actually, and it started. I think it was one day right after my last final. I went down to Rockport, Texas, um, home of. Ben grows close. That's right. Man. And <laughs> I contacted him. I was like, hey, man, you going to be down there? Mm-hmm. Um, love to fish with you. He was like, ah, I won't be down there, unfortunately, but my dad would love to take you out. So I camped down there for a night or two, and his dad put me on some redfish. So first time ever fly fishing on the coast in some salt water and landed my first redfish a couple of them actually and it was that's cool man it's a crazy crazy (laughs) experience crazy fight way different than trout or bass or anything like that yeah yeah man it's crazy because i you know i don't live down there so you don't really know like all the the flats that they have until you actually get out there with them i remember when they first brought me i was so amazed at like all of the the flats and how skinny we were running and just everything man yeah it's crazy so that that's awesome man um got to get on some redfish and and then as as you got into some did you take any summer courses or anything like that so this summer i was up in dallas actually i was doing an internship Internship. up there with pioneer natural resources so okay um i'm studying geology masters in geology right now and what i was doing this summer was basically an oil and gas type of internship up there okay but during my time in dallas i did quite a bit of carp fishing actually Ah, so okay. I'd never done any carp fishing before, or at least targeted carp, but this summer was a very new experience for me. So there's this little, there's a lake up there, I believe it's Lake Louisville, and there's a spillway that comes out of it, and it feeds into the, I believe it's the Elm Fork okay. River, and I think the depth of that river, it gets down to 10 feet, but... You can wade across the river uh, in most places, right? And I would I would target some. Um, I guess they're not carp technically; they're smallmouth buffalo. Buffalo, oh, yeah. Okay. So a lot of smallmouth buffalo. There's some gar in there. Um, what else? They had they had black drum, I believe. Okay. Never. I landed one black drum on accident, but how was the the water clarity coming out below? It, it was awesome. Yeah, it was. Super clear. So you, you were sight fish. fish. Okay. Oh, yeah. I was That's sight cool, fishing man. for everything. It That's awesome. awesome. And w- you said you were wading and fishing or you were like sight fishing from the bank? So I was wading and sight oh, fishing. So okay. I could get up to, I mean, they're not super skittish, at least in this right. river. I got up to 
like two or three feet from one oh, at wow. one point. But um, I think I had the most success that summer fishing with an indicator and super fast riffles, which was really interesting. I didn't know. I still yeah. don't know much about it because, I mean, I I probably got on the water like six or seven times mm-hmm. this summer. But I would sight fish for a couple here and there and then. Um, I noticed there's some quite a few fish feeding in the faster, deeper stuff. Probably trying mm. to stay cool this summer. I don't yeah. know. But I was like, ah, I could try and Euro nymph it, um, but I don't want to get too close to them. Right. So I ended up just throwing an indicator on and trying to bounce some jigs off the bottom. And I had some success with that. I probably caught four or five smallmouth yeah. buffaloes like that, but. That's awesome, man. You know, these, that's it's weird you say that because I was fishing the lower Colorado River for, for bass and spotted bass. Um, I mean, they got guads in there too, but it's 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 a it's a cool fishery because um, there's like a few runs spaced out on the lower Colorado, and if you find them, that's where the fish push up in this hot weather. Oh yeah. Um, but like you were saying, man, I was trying like, uh, like streamer fishing and all of that. It wasn't working. And I ended up throwing an indicator on with like a heavy jig, single jig. I didn't do like any two nymphs or whatever. I was like, I'm just going to give that a try, you know, cause it's going to go with the speed of the current. Yep. It's slow and it'll get down there. Exactly. Dude, that, that was my success for the rest of the day with bass. And it's, oh, really? yeah. And so I, you know, I'm sure it works for all different species in this weather just trying to stay stay cool and get that oxygen yeah man um, definitely but yeah it's it's weird you say that because that worked for me too this summer that's interesting (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's usually it's not about what flies you're throwing or no i mean how you present it definitely matters but you got to find them and once you find them then you can start building off of that yeah that's cool man so you went from redfish to buffalo and then what's what's next and (laughs) then i ended up going to back home to colorado okay and from there we went up to grand junction and we fished a couple different lakes on the grand mace up there okay so some still water fishing Mm -hmm. for some big 20 22 inch brown trout jeez man incredible (laughs) um we actually so one of my best friends from new york actually he had never been um in the like the west coast i guess or the western u.s right (laughs) and so just seeing the mountains for the first time was amazing for him and just being able to share that experience going up to the mountains catching big brown trout for the first time wow he loved it that was a success and then from there we went up to wyoming okay and we fished probably 10 15 miles north of the teton national park um we fished some of the snake river and then a couple other tributaries of the snake river had some success there then we decided to go up to Thermopolis, Wyoming, um, that near <laughs> that, that Wind River Canyon yeah. area. So right below that, and we got into some some really <laughs> oh dude, absolute brutes. Yeah, man, it's a special place to say the least, dude. It um, is. Yeah, man, I I so wish that we could have like you know fished together when I was leaving, but it just it didn't match up, and I was actually staying in Utah. Um, so we were actually all heading back there together instead of staying in Wyoming for a bit, but I was staying, um, at Grovant campground. Um, so not too far from Jackson, um, there and, uh, yeah, the snakes right there. We didn't fish any of the snake, but we did, uh, head down to the green and we fished the green. Oh, nice. So that was good. 
A green's tough, man. What, you what don't... part of the green did you fish? Did you go into Utah and fish it there? You know, I have to pull it up on the maps because it was it was not uh, Fontenelle. It wasn't that. It okay. wasn't below that. Um, but it was it was a stretch that was literally we were driving for about thirty minutes and you pull off at this bridge like oh, kind of really? like you would like a. Um, just kind of like an overpass yeah, and yeah, yeah. we pulled down you know this access point um long road and then yeah we fished that that section i just i can't remember exactly what it was um I, it's gonna bother me so i'm gonna pull it up here <laughs> um but yeah no man um i i think i told you before before i left that i was going on this uh summit at the end of the the summer yeah that was super cool man that um, sounded awesome tell me about yeah, that yeah so uh Basically, Trout Unlimited Coast of Five, the nonprofit we're partnered with, um, they partnered up with Indie Fly Foundation, um, an international uh, group of uh, – it's a group of fly anglers, a group of, of photographers, all these people working together to uh, to bring fly fishing um, to, in this case uh, – natives in the wind uh, Wind river reservation um trying to open up jobs and employment to them um doing stuff like that nice um but yeah anyway uh, i'll I'll find that later and let you know about that that uh, section of the green um we we all met in in salt lake um uh sorry at the beginning of the week and our plan was to uh spend a week in the reservation um fish with all of the uh indigenous people um and uh teach them how to fly fish um at the end of the week all the while too while while also you know incorporating some trash cleanups uh and doing a bit of fishing on our end um originally the place we were going to stay uh had actually been wiped out there was a bunch of mudslides uh, oh, they wow. had spotted a grizzly bear at the backcountry camp we were staying at oh wow um that's crazy yeah so that was that was out of the out of the picture um but we ended up staying not too far from boyson reservoir east of boyson at a campground okay gotcha. and so you know 10 minutes away was the wind river canyon yeah, yeah. and when we first got there that wasn't our plan you know that that was kind of off limits for the for the whole duration of the trip and uh our coordinator kind of flipped the ball on us and surprised us uh that we were actually going to fish the canyon um that's awesome and the canyon where uh you know you only have you have to obtain a res license to fish right um so we got set up with a res license there at the uh, tribal fishing game in fort uh, washakie uh, met everybody um it was very cool we did a like an entrance ritual um that was very uh like practiced by the indigenous people there and uh one of the the uh Names there, Jeremy Rowe. Uh, his name's Jeremy. Uh, I forgot his last name, but I'm gonna have him on next week. He uh, was doing the ritual for us, and the head game worm was there. We kind of got started there, and we head up uh, to Boyson. And um, just kind of to shorten the story, man, that that canyon we fished it for three days, and I witnessed uh, almost everybody on the trip catch their PB. Um, including my pb brown uh on that on that trip that's insane. Um, the way that uh you know the fish stack up in those like class five rapids almost it's ridiculous um and i mean averaging 18 20 inch fish like pulling out of there and and it's so cool to see 
you know, officers and presidents from other fly fishing clubs actually fish something they they haven't fished before. They you know mm-hmm. catching a trout of their lifetime. Um, one of uh, it, it was a pretty cool moment that I, I remember. One of uh, uh, the girls that came on the trip with us. She's from Swanee, a, a small. Uh, college in tennessee i believe she uh caught the biggest cutthroat on the trip on on like just this huge chubby and uh, this thing was like all of 22 23 inches and i mean just the fish of a lifetime and just to be there with with everyone and see their faces it's you can't beat it and um yeah the whole bonding aspect um of being with everybody camping it was awesome um, I'll, I'll definitely touch on that more, uh, next week when we sit down with, with Matt, uh, from Indie Fly and, and Jeremy from Tribal Fishing Game, but that, you know, it, it was an amazing trip. That amazing awesome. trip. Yeah. That is so, incredible. um, yeah, it, it was also cool to, uh, to kind of see other parts that we went to, uh, this place called the Rice. It was a, a place near, um, oh gosh, um, Sinks Canyon. And I don't know if you've been there, but you can't fish at this place um, because a part of the uh, Popoja River comes down into like a cave and then for a mile or so it doesn't come back up. And when it comes back up, there's, I mean, vast amount of trout there that are over like 25 inches, oh dude, and you gosh. cannot fish for them. Where you is can this just, So this is um, Sinks Canyon, I believe. It's not too far from Lander, Wyoming. Oh, okay. Um, so... Um, y- it, you go up in this canyon, and yeah, it's the Popoja River right there, and um, you can literally feed the trout when you know coming out of the rise, and it's it's awesome, man. That's sweet. It's super cool, but yeah, uh, experience in itself, and um, yeah, I'll I'll definitely talk more about it next week for sure. But sounds yeah. good. Sounds <laughs> good. Was, Don't spoil awesome. the surprise yeah. for all of us. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. Yeah, um, I'm I'm hoping to get one of you guys to sit down with me uh, with uh, with Jeremy and and Matt. They uh, they definitely want to talk to. So one of one of us um, for sure. Right on. Um, yeah, man. Sounds like we had a pretty cool summer. Um, yeah, I, I just got back in the end of July, so that that was uh, that, that was a definitely a change, like going from like Wyoming weather to a hundred and seventeen. It feels like it's I, tough, man. You dude, walk outside and you're just in a sauna. Right I know, away. man. It was crazy. I didn't even touch on my whole summer. Um, at, at the fly shop in yeah, town. You did it, yeah. <laughs> I did it, man. Nothing. But just to shorten that up, um, I worked uh, as a shop employee and uh, a guide for Taos Fly Shop this summer uh, till about the end of July. And it was fun, man. I, I got to go to guide school, got to go to instinctive school, learned a lot about the fishery up there. I took uh, Ben and Josh and Isaac and Brian up there. I mean, we got on some incredible fish. Oh, yeah. Ben was, was he was showing me some pictures of and those cuts. And you're going to go get one of those cuts, oh, Dave. Yeah. You will, dude. Those are, dude. those are awesome. If we go back about the same time next year, man, they, they'll be there circling. Right on. Be yeah, there. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Do you see yourself guiding in the future next summer as well? You know, um, it's it's definitely there. Uh, but uh, we're, we're going to see. I, I'm supposed to graduate in the spring, so I got to. Start getting uh, yeah. start getting life uh, by the by the handle. So <laughs> I hear you. There. Yeah, but no, we'll we'll see what happens. I definitely want to keep that, um, you know, part of my life. If it's not guiding, um, just teaching people how to fly fish. Or, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, teaching people how to get on the water for sure. Um, but yeah, man, let's. Uh, we just had our first meeting. Uh, you know, coming back uh, for the semester last Thursday. 
it was a really good turnout. Um, yeah, I was very impressed with the turnout. Yeah. Um, I think we actually uh, got the word out a bit this summer, and everybody was excited about it. So I'm stoked to see um, what the outcome of this semester is like. And uh, um, it seems like there's some dedicated individuals that want to Oh, step yeah, up, some so. very, very passionate mm-hmm. people, part of the club now. Yeah, for sure. We, um, For those that, that don't know, this is our second. Our third semester, right? Third, third semester. semester. Yeah, yeah. Um, with the club, so uh, we're fairly new, but uh, I, I think I think we're getting things rolling. Um, you know, we still have uh, all of our festivals in line for each year, so that that's looking really good for us. Um, we're doing really good with merch. We're about to get some new merch in, um, and then yeah, we this is the first semester we actually have some some trips planned out. Um, for for everyone um, so yeah um, let's talk about that a little bit um, I know that uh, we, we don't have like the actual trip schedule pulled up but uh, this year I think um, we're gonna try and uh, spread out a little bit in our in our destinations throughout Texas um, we got some stuff down south uh, you know out east um, and then some cool stuff like near uh, near Austin yeah, um, yeah, west for side sure. of Austin. So, um, but yeah, uh, as opposed to like, um, like what you are excited about fishing this semester. Like, what do you want to focus on? And and uh, is there is there a species or something that you'd like to to catch this semester? Or is there a is there yeah is there a body of water you like to fish? There, so, one of my goals for this semester, my fly fishing goals, is a 40 inch gar that's, that's my a, that's my number one goal but other than that i'm i'm open to fish anywhere anytime any species i think one of the trips i'm definitely most excited about or two of them actually the the new Braunfels trip mm-hmm. on the guad yeah the guad that's going to be awesome because i've only fished it once with you actually yeah. oh my uh, god that, that was, was ridiculous that was pretty <laughs> ridiculous so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, getting back on some trout. Yeah. Maybe even some holdovers. Yeah. Um, some brutes there. And then the Rockport trip. I don't uh, know if that's this semester or next semester. I think it, I think it'll be this semester um, if we can get things planned out. But, but yeah, it, that'll be a fun one for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, try and get a few guys down there, a couple boats. We'll see. But, um, yeah, it should be fun. Um, I'm excited for for the quad too, man. It's it's like every season the quad gets gets more hype and more hype just because the fish keep growing. You they know what do, I mean? Man, they do. Um, they do. So so yeah, um, I, I'm definitely excited to to bring people out and uh, and show them that you know there's actually a cold water fishery here in Texas. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. um, I you know man, I've I've really uh, I kind of want to talk about this a little bit because I've just been really intrigued by it and uh, lately. But gar, man, we let's talk about gar for a minute because this time of year it, it's tough to fish for anything else, right? You yep. know, fish are holding deep; uh, they're trying to stay cool. The only active uh, time is really in early in the morning before sunrise or late in the evening. But these gar, man, I'll be out at one o'clock and I'll see them feeding. They're um, feeding and they're surfacing all day, man. Yeah, it's. <sighs> They're a mystery to me personally. Right. If anyone out there has any insight on how to catch gar on the fly, when, 
what to use, any tactics, mm-hmm. please yeah. reach out. Yeah. I'm begging you right now. <laughs> I'm begging you. Yeah. And it's it's weird, man, because, like, I've caught them, but it's, it's, they're not, you know, it's not the same technique. It's either I caught this one a different way and this one was a weird way. There's no patterns There's to it. There's not, man. No, it's weird. And, uh, and I think they're just a, a, a weird species to go after on the fly because – you're right it's never the same but also too like you find them in the most the oddest places ever man and um like i'm i went last week and i I was walking down this creek and i saw this gar on the like damn near on the bank um but as soon as i got close i thought he was gonna spook this guy did not move and me me and actually nick witnessed a gar uh, a separate time where we literally had to like almost pick him up with both hands for him to actually move. Now I think oh, wow. this I think this gar was sleeping or or something. He wasn't it wasn't spawning, but it was just sitting there. Was it a healthy? Was do you think it he was, was a it was a juvenile? Fish? It oh, was okay. a juvenile sitting there uh, like under some weeds, like trying to keep shade almost. Interesting. Okay. Um, but the only reason that I caught it out to Nick is because I almost stepped on it. I was oh. like, oh shit! Like he didn't move. That's um, insane. Weird, weird species, man. But that I, I kind of have the the, uh, the same goals as you is, man. I, I just really want to get a big gar on the fly. Um, one of my goals is to figure out these bigger rivers, man. It's it's tough to, to look at the Brazos and say, okay, I can fly fish it here or there. I really want to learn how to fly fish a river like that. Yeah, I would love to learn how to fly fish river like that um, in terms of wet wading. Yeah, um, exactly. Because it's so much easier to fly fish those bigger rivers from a boat or kayak or something. But when you're waiting, access points is probably the hardest thing you got to think about. Right. Uh-huh. And then, I mean, just the like topography in general. Yeah. And yeah. The slopes and everything. Yeah. And it's it's so much different than like trout, like approaching a trout stream or a river where there's trout because. Um, as opposed to like fresh, you know, our freshwater fish down here, trout like sitting in a certain spot. Most yeah. of the time they're sitting, not expending energy. But these fish down here, it's it's not so much the case. Um, you do have some fish holding, but the majority of the fish are moving, trying to find food right, or right. Uh, trying to occupy other areas. So, yeah, it's just figuring those, those fish out. Um, I think a, a, a prime example like of figuring like a fish out down here is like when we have like white bass runs like that is almost like trout fishing you can you can plan it out you can i mean this year this past year was not planned out because <laughs> of the climate and everything yeah. that messed it up but i mean stuff like that you can you're able to plan it out and and uh you know each year you're like okay this is when the run's happening or around this time i want to be able to do that with gar I want to be able to say, okay, they're going to be here at this certain time. I can use this fly. Um, I'm the same so, way. Yeah, so I'm the same way. I think I think a lot of people in our club have that same goal. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, the more people we have with that same goal, the easier it's going to be to exactly. To reach it. Yeah. Um, so some cool trips. Uh, a lot of a lot of gar in, in the future, hopefully. And uh, we do have some really um, cool, like. L- overnight trips i would say um we we definitely have uh, the devil's river in our mind for this fall um now that's something that we're we're probably going to float um it's just a lot easier it's it's more fun um yeah. you get to experience the river as it as it is you know and so that's something we have on our list um we have we have a lot of local trips uh that's something that 
I get asked a lot is where can we fish around here? Like, you know, there's nowhere to fish. Um, you know, within 30 minutes, there's 15 to 20 places that I, I've been to. Uh, I mean, starting last year, um, where you can go fly fish. Uh, I think we're going to try and spread out a lot east um, or more east, um, rather, kind of like towards the Sam Houston oh, okay. National Forest yeah. area. I haven't done much fishing over there. And but. so that's that's a gorgeous uh, area where you can, you know, go throw dries for sunfish. And it may not seem like fun, but, man, you, when you see those creeks and how dense they are, it's almost like you're trout fishing. It's so cool. Yeah, it's like so, a little hidden gym yeah. out there for sure. So definitely going to check that out for sure. Um, yeah, and like we touched on earlier, uh, like festivals, um, one of one of the newer festivals that we have in mind is something that uh, Honey Hole Podcast, our guys Landon and uh, um, Zach are putting on. Uh, they're doing the Iron Fly uh, in New Braunfels, which is just a, a fly tying tournament. Oh, okay, so sweet. I'll actually pull it up uh, right now so we can kind of take a look at it. Yeah, let's um, do that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they're, it's our first year um, doing it. So do you know where it's going to be held this year? I think uh, uh, the new Braunfels uh, Brewing Company. I don't know if they actually have more than one brewing company, but let's see. Yeah, so it's going to be at the Faust Brewing Company in New oh, Braunfels. Okay, very nice. So yeah, it's kind of just like a, you know little festival there's gonna be fly tying competition of course with i think some big prizes uh drinks food live music silent auction raffles uh and a tattoo artist if you're into tattoos <laughs> uh oh and and our film so the the reason why it says film on there is because okay. we're actually uh going to be or i'm actually going to be there and um and you guys are welcome to to come and and uh, show the Guad film. So they're actually going to do that for us, help promote the film and the club. Right on. There. Yeah, that's a sweet film. That's, yeah, it's a really cool film. Yeah, so I'm excited to uh, to show that and and also get started on on some more films. So we do have that, um, and that's October 21st. So it's actually coming up. Um, uh, like I said, that's at the Faust Brewing Company. If anyone's interested. Um, we will be there, or at least I will. I think a couple uh, others may be there. Um, so if you see us there, say hi. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we have Trout Fest, of course, in February. And uh, just right after that is Texas Fly Fest. We'll be at both of those again, um, probably with some more merch this time because we had a lot of people <laughs> asking for merch. Oh, yeah. Um, Tons. So we'll have plenty of shirts, plenty of stickers, patches you name it we actually have socks too now so yeah those socks are sweet actually <laughs> yeah i'm a big fan of the socks have you worn them i haven't worn i them haven't yet. worn them yet I, I might have to wear them when it gets a lot cooler yeah that's what i'm waiting for yeah <laughs> that's what i'm waiting for yeah you gotta rep the that's fly club um okay yeah let's uh i'm gonna pass this over to you and see if we can get started on this topic um you know now that we started the club again uh, we get those those questions on uh, you know there's not much to buy uh, fly fishing wise here in College Station what what do I do um, for one you know also like uh, I just want to put this out there that we as a club do uh, rent out rods if you do need it for the day or or for a certain time we won't give it to you in you know longer than a uh, like a week or two for sure. Um, but we do have the rods there for you guys to use. Um, 
at your leisure. We don't have uh, like more than 20, um, but that should definitely be enough for anyone who's interested in trying to get on the water pretty quick. But for long term, you know, people trying to get their setup and trying to get an actual, uh, you know, sense of what fly fishing looks like and what the equipment they should buy. Um, what is your advice to them uh, as far as like shopping here or shopping online? Yeah, I guess one of the the challenges that we face here in, in Texas and College Station especially is there's not many fly shops available like in the surrounding towns and everything. And mm-hmm. I mean, in College Station and the Bryan area, I don't know of any actual fly shops here. Right. I don't think mm-hmm. there are at least. Um, so you kind of either have to drive somewhere and go to a fly shop or look online. Um, I think one of the things that you should do first is figure out what type of rod you want um, tailored to your specific needs, what kind of water you're fishing, the the species that you're targeting. So for those that don't know, as far as around here, what would you suggest to them? Um, you know, you, you sometimes have those, I have those people come up where I want to bass fish, but I also want to go out and catch sunfish or, or something like that. What would you suggest to them on getting? So my suggestion, I've always fished with a nine foot five weight. Mm-hmm. That's my go-to. I believe it's the most universal rod. Um, you can fish for smaller fish like those panfish, mm-hmm. sunfish, all that good stuff. You can fish for bass. Um, I even caught 10, 15 pound carp on it. Mm-hmm. So they're they're pretty universal. You can they're versatile. You can use them for just about any type of fish mm-hmm. um, you're looking for. So nine foot five weight rod, and then probably a five four to six weight reel, right? Somewhere mm-hmm. in between there. Um, and so I guess kind of explain for those that don't know out there when, when keeping the same setup, what is the best way, uh, to change your rigs out, uh, on, you know, say I want to go fish a bass lake today, but then maybe next week I'm going to go target some carp or target something smaller. What, what do you, uh, suggest for people that are, are trying to keep the same setup, but, uh, ultimately use different rigs? So I think that just comes down to your leader. So going from your fly line down to your leader, I always have either between 12 to 10 pound tests going off of my fly line. And then from that 12 or 10 pound test, I'll tie probably uh, two more feet or so of um, either eight or six pound test. Mm -hmm. And then from there, um, it's game on. I'll target just about anything with eight pound test. Okay. But... If I'm trying to go for some smaller pan fish, I guess, um, I like to fish with um, lighter tippet or right. a lighter leader. So between like right around four pound test. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as tippet goes, um, like Rio tippet, 5X or anywhere. Or 4X. 4X, yeah. 5X, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's, that's, that's great because I would say the same thing. I think a lot of people are like, well, I got to change the reel. I got to change the whole fly line. But y- you're fine for most of what we're fishing here. Weight forward floating line is what you're going to use for everything. Definitely. Unless you're trying to streamer fish 20 feet deep, you can, you can think about getting a, you know, a sink tip or a sinking line. Um, but I just don't find it you know necessary for especially spring and summer here yeah for sure i think the one key thing if you're just getting into fly fishing and you don't know many knots 
knowing a line-to-line connection knot, like the yes. double surgeon's mm-hmm. knot or something, yeah. in the long run, that is going to save you so much time, time. and so much money. Mm-hmm. Um, not having to rebuy um, brand new leaders, you're able to just cut off a tag end and then add some more tippet to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to save you so much time and money. Right. And I, I've actually been thinking about like doing uh, almost like when we do an intro class, like taking time to, hey, this is an important knot, you know, we should we should learn this. <laughs> I think that's a great idea because um, growing up, I had no idea. My dad had no idea. I had friend. to learn for myself. Yeah, I was YouTube I was and... on YouTube like fiddling <laughs> with my fingers in my bedroom like, what is happening? Uh, yeah. How do you tie this <laughs> knot? So it would be really nice to... Kind of yeah. sit down with everyone and go through the basic knots and everything. Yeah, it's it's important. I mean, it's, that goes for anywhere you fish, too. It's not just Texas or, or down south. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. Well, that's Yeah, that's good, man. And, and yeah, like Kellen said, like just, just leader change and, you know, keeping everything uh, that you have on, like, weight forward uh, floating line is what you're going to use most around here, nine foot five weight. It's good for getting distance with that, that nine foot. And then you got some brute on the five weight. If you do hook into some bigger, uh, like Buffalo or carp or, or stuff like that, even gar, I know I've pulled out gar on five weights, um, quite a bit. So, um, and then, you know, as, as when it gets down to like, you know, catching a bigger fish, it's just, if it is a little bit too big for your rod, you know, it's just learning how to play that fish sometimes. Yep, you just um, got to play it and yeah, tire it out, basically. Yeah. That's all you mm-hmm. got to do. Now, I know that uh, this has also been a big thing with, uh, I heard this a lot uh, when I was working in the fly shop in Taos, and, and, uh, and I've heard it quite a bit over just, uh, you know, controversy of what's better and what's not. So um, I, I guess I want your take on people like wanting uh, those who are thinking about buying uh, different reels. What, what would you suggest um, as far as like uh, like a click paw reel or getting something that has a drag? Can you can you like distinguish those and what they're what they're mostly like used for? Um, I would say I guess let me re- reword that. Okay. okay. <laughs> Let, uh, so like, what um, is the what what is the main purpose of a drag system in in a fly reel, and uh, what are the benefits of it? And what you know, in op in opposite to that, um, what you know, what is a click and pull for, and why should you buy a reel that has a drag, or why shouldn't you? Okay, that's a good question. So. Yeah. I might not be the perfect person to ask that question to okay. because my whole life I've only used and only owned drag system reels. Okay. Um, I guess right off the bat, the biggest thing with a drag system, with a good drag system, um, it's very smooth. So if you have, if you buy a thirty-dollar rod with a um, lower-end drag system. It's not going to be as smooth, and if you have a big fish on and it takes off, um, it's going to take a while or a little bit longer for that drag system to kind of start going. Right. So you're going to snap off more Mm. often than not. So having a good drag system, it's much smoother, and it allows that fish and the drag system to kind of work together in that. 
reason so, I asked is is because I had a, a lot of people, and especially younger people, coming and like, why is the price difference so much? And it's like, well, you know, this one has a drag system as opposed to this one where it's it's a click paw system, so it's just rubbing on a gear. It's not really a drag right. system. Okay. Um, and so yeah, that was kind of my take on it too. Is like like you really only need a true jack drag system for if you're fighting bigger fish 100 um, percent. because personally i never, never use my reel mm-hmm. i always strip line in right. if i have a fish on like sunfish smaller bass mm-hmm. but once you get into some some bigger bass mm-hmm. and bigger trout and carp and everything mm-hmm. i think you definitely are going to want a good drag system. Mm-hmm. And learning how to, to manage both, like line management and, and your drag, learning when to use them, that, that all takes practice for sure. But I think if you're, if you're looking to get as cheap as possible, get out in the water, um, and you're, you, the reel you buy doesn't have a drag system, I wouldn't be, you know, like uh, scared or, or uh, regret it at all. Oh, yeah, uh, I definitely. would definitely keep that set up and, uh, and just, uh, learn how to, to manage your line. Um, Definitely. At the end of the day, it's only going to make you a better fisherman. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Um, and actually, you know, learning how to manage drag with your fingers is really important because if a fish is coming at you or going away from you and you got to make that split decision, sometimes those, those drag systems aren't fast enough to catch up all that line. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. So yeah, that could go down a whole rabbit hole. I just kind of wanted, I wanted, I wanted your take on that for sure. Um, you know, just people, uh, getting into the sport and you know, why is this so expensive? Why is this not so expensive? Yeah. Um, and speaking on that, you know, um, brands out there, let's talk about brands for a little bit that actually, or companies that, uh, are on the lower totem of the, the lower totem pole of the pricing okay. as far as like fly fishing goes. Yeah. I would like to say, uh, and start off with, um, one of our supporters, TFO, um, is amazing. Temple Fork Outfitters. Um, I think their price range and quality is is perfect for the beginner fly fisherman um as well as echo too echo makes amazing stuff oh yeah for sure and to piggyback off the tfo um the tfo brand right there so i recently just broke my five weight unfortunately rest in peace (laughs) but the first thing i thought of was tfo they have this incredible starter pack it's the black label yeah reel and rod and they call it a starter pack, super low price point. I think it's $110 or something yeah. for rod and reel combo. Mm-hmm. And it's an awesome rod. Like, that's yeah. the first thing I thought of. I'm like, I have more than $110, but that is the <laughs> rod and reel I'm going to go with exactly. because I like it. It's comfortable for me. Yeah. And it gets the job done. It's a good rod. I, w- I, th- I think when you ask people who cast R.L. Winston's or who cast Sage's and they cast a Tempo Fork, you're going to tell a difference. You know, there, there's, there's definitely going to be a difference there. But if it is your first rod and you're trying to get out on the water, it's going to feel like a sage or an Orna Winston to oh, you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's really an amazing uh, starting rod, starting setup. Um, for the price, it's, it's killer, too. It's perfect. Especially, you especially, you know, through the club and what we can get for that, you know, getting people started in there. So. I would like to say Echo too, man. Echo makes ninety nine dollar like just rods. Um, I know they have like the Echo Gecko, which is like that colored one, super cheap. 
Um, so I, I think Reddington has a couple good Reddington, like, starter rods as well. Things like the Crosswater and the yeah. Path. Yeah. Yep. So there's there's definitely options out there. It's just finding them. And unfortunately, you know, we don't have that outlet here. But um, ordering is sometimes your best bet or, or even making that drive when you're out of town or definitely. stopping by a fly shop. Definitely. And if you're not opposed to it, I always look on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. You can find some killer <laughs> there are deals. Some gems, dude. <laughs> there are some gems. You got to pick through a couple listings, but there are some gems on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Now, to someone that, you know, is, is listening right now and is like, okay, after this, I'm going to go go buy what I need to go fly fish. What does someone, you know, what, what do they all need to get out on the water? What do they truly need? Because people will go out there and buy eight liters, eight fly lines, you know, oh, uh, yeah, for way sure. too much for their first time on the water. It can get real expensive real quick. Yeah. So I guess to start, if we're in College Station right now and we're targeting bass this is what i would buy right now i would go nine foot five weight rod i would get a five or six weight reel well i'll restart okay i'll go tfo (laughs) the tfo what's the black label kit the Mm -hmm. black label kit tfo rod and reel does that come with a leader i don't know okay we'll have to check on that right if it does fantastic if it doesn't then go out and get yourself some backing for your mm-hmm. fly ro- or fly reel and then five weight floating line mm-hmm. um and then after that you're gonna need a leader and like i said before what was the our leader couple of, yeah a couple of rolls of tippet mm-hmm. yeah and and like i guess for those that don't want to go buy a true leader can you explain maybe building one uh, or so you can build leaders and also I've been lazy on the river sometimes mm-hmm. and at ponds just going out for a couple hours at night. I've just gone straight up either eight or 10 pound test yeah. from my fly line <laughs> to the fly and that's it. It's like super, it doesn't it matter. Takes, yeah, it takes 30 seconds to tie up. Yeah. So cheap wise, you could go eight or 10 pound test there. And then after that, you just need a fly. A fly. And mm-hmm. the one fly tried and true the clouser the clouser man you gotta go clouser yeah. if you're going bass in texas yeah yeah that's i mean really that's all you need that's and it. and m- most of the time like yeah like you said you don't even need a leader like because like that the fish do not care about the line in in texas or as you know just in general uh, uh i don't really see a correlation to like trout actually seeing some fly line and then like bass man they they do not care they'll eat something on 20 pound test yeah um so so that's that's a great call man just yeah even just going straight eight to ten pound test to your fly um that that ensures also that your fly will turn over easier uh, and get out there so super cheap so all in all probably all of that together is what would you say 150 i would say under 200 dollars less than 200 and if anyone in college station is listening I've got plenty of clousers. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got plenty have, of clousers. Yeah, if you want any clousers, hit me up. Yeah. Um, I'm more than happy to give you a couple. Yeah. I, I would like to mention, you know, we, we talked about there's, you know, there being no fly uh, 
fly shops in College Station. However, we do have some some places that are are trying to push fly fishing, um, and and not so much encompassing their whole place, but there are some some leaders to be found and and a few flies. Um, a, a good place I start off is Exotic Camo and Fishing. Uh, that's off of Six, okay. not too far from Lowe's. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that's a, a conventional oriented shop, but in the corner they do have some fly fishing stuff. Um, there are some flies in a fly bin, so if you're ever hurting uh, for for like a leader or an actual true plastic popper, they have them there. <laughs> so uh, you can make your way there. Like I said, it's off a of six. It's not too far from uh, from Lowe's um, exotic camo fishing. Also, the Bear Mountain inside of Ace. It, that's a hidden gem, man. People don't know about it. Yep. They also have like Chacos and and and, uh, and Birkenstocks and all kinds of brands, Patagonia. But they also carry fly fishing stuff. So there are a few Reddingtons in there, uh, a few Umpqua bags and and uh, and stuff like that. So we aren't completely dry, but for the most part, you definitely want to uh, to, to look for your rod setups. Most likely somewhere else, uh, if not online. Yeah, um, for sure. Um. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I think, uh, we touched on like that. Uh, let's, let's talk about places to, to fish around here. Um, and, and, and how to fish and more importantly, you know, I think those new to fly fishing, um, or, or fishing in general, when they walk up to a body of water, they, they don't really uh, see water dynamics or how, how to fish it as someone fly fishing for eight years or 10 years would. Right. Definitely. Um, what can you say about, the similarity of fishing in Colorado and, and fish holding and, and, you know, stuff like that. Can you, uh, explain, uh, fishing down here and, and water dynamics a little bit? <laughs> so it is completely different from Colorado. Um, growing up fishing a lot of rivers and coming yeah. here where there's a lot more still water, lakes mm-hmm. and ponds all around College Station. I kind of had to figure it out for myself in a way, but the one thing I always look for is structure. Um, trying to understand where there's drop-offs, where there's tree stumps, anything where the fish may be holding and kind of where they look for some of the protection and mm-hmm. shade, um, stuff like that. Um, now, as far as like moving water here, how do you approach moving water? And what is some of the patterns you've seen that kind of surprise you with fish? Because I know that you know, fishing Colorado and, and for trout and fishing here, I definitely can see some similarities from two different species of fish. Oh yeah. But they act the same way sometimes. Oh, for sure. In so. terms of moving water and creeks around yeah, here uh-huh. and all that. Oh yeah. They, they act very, very similar. <laughs> yeah. Extremely similar. I mean, where you have your pools, mm-hmm. there'll be fish hanging out in pools. There'll be fish hanging out in the ripples, um, the more oxygenated areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, the seams, everything. It's, right. it's very similar to trout fishing in Colorado, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we we kind of, like, touched on fly patterns, man. The Clouser Minnows, the number one to go. But any other fly patterns around here that you kind of like fishing? Gar, buffalo, um, sunfish is another good one. Yeah, sunfish. I, I love going just small dry flies mm-hmm. and, like, hopper patterns. Super yeah. small chubby chernobyls Mm -hmm. those are some of my favorite flies to throw because then right off the chubby chernobyl you could drop down two or three feet to a a small like mini leech pattern like a (laughs) bead-headed mini leech 
and you'll catch anything. Anything, on man. It's deadly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my go-to. Any any lakes and ponds around here, that's what I'm going that's for. That's what you're going for, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, Just yeah. casting along the banks, and mm-hmm. you'll get some bass, mostly sunfish yeah. and, and stuff like that, but you'll get some bass here and there. Yeah, um, I definitely use all sorts of minnow patterns too, crawfish, um, like a, a good like crawfish pattern, easy one is like the bugger, the, the woolly bugger, oh, imitates yeah. minnows, crawfish, everything, so yeah. Um, yeah, as far as, you know, fly choice, I think most of the food source here is bait fish um, oh, and yeah, tons crawfish, of and um, what I've noticed too is like the gar, you know, they target big bait fish, um, gizzard shad, and a bunch of bigger minnows and shiners so um anything imitating that for sure um as far as like like you know sight fishing and like uh finding fish you know i i would say with with gar and and sunfish and bass like with sunfish and bass it's different they're really not showing themselves unless you get a bass on a bed um but um for gar man it, it's it's such a unique thing when you can see them come up and cast to them with not so like not such a sinking fly and mm-hmm. it's just yeah that take is, it is, is awesome. awesome so yeah, it's pretty sweet um yeah i think we we talked on uh you know fishing for bass and what flies to throw for for pan fishing gar um you know we touched on hot weather a little bit but um let, let let's talk about uh you know where where you can uh i guess go around here to catch some shade maybe okay um i know that like a bunch of the ponds you're really not going to get much shade where you're where you're no, fishing no not um, much shade at all other other than like uh like maybe john crompton has a few trails you can go and on right. the side and catch some shade but for the most part i think creek fishing around here is where you're going to find shade or i agree um, for sure but don't let that don't let that exactly not get you out into the water right because right? i mean you can always fish early mornings late early, evenings mm-hmm. at those ponds and everything around college station mm-hmm. and you'll catch plenty of panfish plenty it, even bass too you'll get some bass, bass to come up at night yeah on a hopper or something for sure i would say man it gets hot by shoot nine <laughs> so like yeah it does like going out like six seven uh and you're off the water by nine it, that's a perfect time to go and then same with the evening like the sun sets around maybe eight now like or i mean it's starting to get a little earlier but i would say right before sunset is another good time to go for sure Um, and in terms of uh, i guess lakes and ponds different bodies of mm -hmm. water for someone that isn't from college station or isn't into fishing or is just getting into fishing Mm -hmm. where do you think what's their best um, starting spot in terms of where to fish around College Station. Um, Aggie Park. <laughs> I was. I mean, I'm pretty sure you were thinking the same thing. Uh, like it's on campus. It's stocked with fish. Um, you know, Ben told me last week that he was throwing. He was skating caddis for for mini largemouth <laughs> over there. I was like, dude, like when? Where can you do that? Like somewhere else? Like nowhere. N- nowhere. nowhere. Um, there's been a lo- little bit of fish kill, but for the most part, the fish are oxygenators plenty of aerators oh yeah um and it's died so they have some bit of shade that's just getting down there i've had most of my luck nymphing for fish over there so have um I. and so have I. and it's i think what it is man it's it's not so much that like it, it's uh it's just it needs to be down there and once it's down there you can tick it it's kind of like uh 
a 90 degree type of rig almost. A hundred percent, 100 percent. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier. earlier. It's not so much what you're throwing or how you're throwing it. You just got to find them and they're at, and the, they're bottom. at the bottom. You got to get down. To and them. you can't your own info unless you got like a 20 foot your own info exactly. rod because yeah. Um, it could be a deadly technique, uh, just a big floater and a heavy fly. For so, sure. Um, but yeah, man, Aggie Park is a great play. There's some room to cast. Um, I believe it's all catch and release still. So um, yeah, it's a great place to learn. It, I mean, just with the bobber, if you're if you're just learning how to fish, or uh, if you want to get into fly fishing, another great place too. Definitely. So um, yeah, man. Um, it looks like we're closing in on about an hour here. But, um, yeah, I just want to say uh, welcome back, and uh, I'm excited to to have you for this, uh, this social media role this year. We're actually going to be voting uh, as a group for new officers this for this spring. Um, so we'll, we'll, fo- we'll vote this fall, and then, like, the election will be December or something like that, um, and then new officers in the spring. Um, yeah, I graduate in the spring, so it'll be the end for me, but unless I come back for, for grad school, which is still an if. It's in the yeah, picture. It's, a, we'll it's in the picture. We'll see what um, but, but yeah, it's, uh, I feel like it's going to be a really good semester. Um, and I'm excited to see, uh, what we can do with the club. I'm excited. So, I'm yeah. excited for the semester. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to say is that, um, I didn't, I didn't mention really our dues, uh, our pricing, and what we're asking for dues earlier. Um, if, if you guys are interested in our student um, looking at getting to fly fishing, our dues are 25 a semester and $50 a year. Um, so if you pay 50 now, you won't have to pay until next fall. So um, so that's, that's how it goes. And let the people know what that covers again, just for anyone that hasn't seen oh, PowerPoint yeah. or anything. Yeah, so the dues... Um, Dev, it gets you a free uh, Trout Unlimited membership, so that's uh, through our our uh, T Costa Five nonprofit. Um, <clears throat> you get entered into the student discount program where uh, our nonprofit T Costa Five, who we're partnered with, also provides uh, access to discounts through industry brands like Sims, um, Warvis, TFO, Costa. Um, Costa is our is our biggest supporter. So you have access to all of those discounts um, and more, a bunch of seminars that we have through TU Costa 5. And a lot of people have asked me, um, you know, Trout Unlimited, Trout Unlimited this, Trout Unlimited that. It's like, are y'all of, like revolved around just trout fishing and cold water fisheries? And the answer, the short answer to that is no. Um, TU Costa 5 was... Uh, founded on just creating college fly fishing clubs. So we do focus on uh, the conservation aspect, uh, the outreach, um, but we aren't just centralized to trout fishing. Um, we do a bit of it because um, we love to, but uh, we uh, are, trust me, are, are not opposed to fishing uh, anything, you know, bass, oh, yeah, uh, stuff like that. So, so it isn't just a club centralized on uh, – on cold water fisheries it just wanted to put that out there um so yeah um that covers yeah your your uh, entry to the discount program and then um i'm working on hopefully next semester with uh, the dues as well we can get a club t-shirt um, once we develop more merch and stuff like that we can get y'all a club t-shirt starting next semester um but yeah 
we should have some cool guests dude coming up um it most for most of them they'll probably be over zoom so um but yeah um i'm excited like i said again and uh and yeah <laughs> right pretty on. much it yeah it's shaping uh, up to be a good semester yeah um well thanks you guys uh thank you guys again for uh, listening and um yeah we'll we'll catch you on the next one <laughs> sounds good thanks guys <laughs>